Yeah, surprise. I'm full of surprises. My name is Christian Jorgensen. I'm the youth slash associate minister here at New Hope Christian Church. I'm humbled to speak God's word today. And uh, I'm a little crazy, but, you know, when you have Jesus in your life, life is crazy. There's nothing wrong with that. We're all crazy in our own ways when we serve the Lord. Um, I just want you guys to bow your head with me real quick um, while I ask the Lord to intervene in what I'm doing today. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, I'm so humbled to, to speak your word. Help me to speak it accurately. Help me to speak it humbly. I would only want your intentions, Lord, and not my own intentions. Help me not to do this out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Everything is yours. The service, our lives, especially our time. Help us to be good stewards of our time here. Help me to be a good steward of my time here on the pulpit. We just stand out of your presence, God. Let your spirit move through this time. You're so much bigger than everything. Help us to remember that. Time is nothing to you. You have all the time in the world. And knowing that we should not worry about time at all. We love you and praise you. Mighty and precious name. Amen. All right, I need a few volunteers. I need about three volunteers. Um, Kathleen, come on up. We're going to do some rip your chugging. Anybody else want to do some rip your chugging? All right, get up here, Mackenzie. Anybody else? All right, somebody in the back. Who it's? Gracie? Graceland. Graceland. Oh, like uh, Elvis's home. All right, Graceland. All right. Cool, cool. All right. So I'm going to give each of you a can of A&W root beer, and uh, we're going to see who gets done first. All right. All right. Ready? Is it open? Okay. Hold up, hold up. On your mark, get set. Oh, yeah, no, no. I didn't say anything yet. Go. <laughs> Come on, chew him. Chew him up. Chew him up. Let's go. Just letting me down, you're letting your family down, you're letting your church down, you're letting your community down. Come on! Don't give up! Alright, alright! Give it up for Kathleen! Alright! Can I borrow that? Thank you. Alright, have a seat, guys. Thank you so much. You can keep that up here. I didn't just do that because it was entertaining, it was. But our lives are like that. We're trying to chug so much in such a small amount of time. We're all given the same 24 hours in a day. And we're all trying to chug so much into a day. We realize we don't have a lot of time, so we try to get as much as we can in in the limited amount of time we have. John Maxwell says our days are like identical suitcases. Some of us could pack in more things in a suitcase than others. But just because, you know, some people can pack in more things than others doesn't mean everything that people pack is essential. You know, we need to pack clothes so we don't run around butt naked because we probably get arrested for that. You know, we need toothpaste. We need toothbrushes. We need, you know, shower supplies so we can keep up our hygiene. You know, we don't need stuff like this, like an Elvis costume. This is very entertaining, but this is not essential. This is a matter of opinion to a lot of people, but this is not essential. This Packers hat, some people would say that's definitely not even important. To me, it's important. But to a lot of people in this crowd, especially a lot of the Redskins fans, this is not important. 
But it's definitely not essential. The scarf that I gave to some old ladies in the nursing home when I was Elvis is not essential. This baseball glove is not essential. We're in this uh, series called the Believe Series. We're talking about what we believe as Christians. We're talking about why we believe what we believe as Christians. Our key idea for this week is, I offer my time to fulfill God's purposes. And God has a sense of humor. Because God has challenged me to use my time for bozos like Dave Savage. That's his 60th birthday picture. We were at the Contes in Chantilly on Friday. And uh, I told the lady that was waiting on us that it was his birthday. And I think he's ready to kill me today. For more than one reason. But God has a sense of humor because I have to learn how to persevere with my time because i got to deal with people like that. So God has really been working on my patience. God has really been working on my heart. I love you, brother. Where are you? Is he hiding? Okay. Colossians 3.17 says this. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When we clock in to work for the Lord, we're on company time. When we're on company dime, we've got to fulfill God's purposes. All of our time is God's time. All of our time is God's time. A lot of people throughout Scripture didn't understand this concept really well. Especially the Israelites, when they got to go back to Judah after their exile. You see, there was a bunch of prophets that were sent to Israel because Israel was being rebellious. There were messengers from God that were continuously saying, get your act together, otherwise you're going to be in captivity. Get your act together, otherwise you're going to be in captivity. And one day, Israel was in captivity because they were so rebellious. Actually, Israel was split into two kingdoms at one point. The northern kingdom was Israel and the southern kingdom was Judah. The northern kingdom was attacked by Assyria in 722 B.C., and, and the southern kingdom was attacked by uh, Babylon in 586 B.C. And so both Israel and Judah were eventually under Babylonian captivity. Eventually, Persia took over Babylon, and Persia allowed the Israelites to go back to their homeland. For the first time in 50 years, they were in captivity for 50 years. That's a long time. I can't stand away for five minutes. Can you imagine being in captivity for 50 years? So Persia allowed them to rebuild the temple, to go back to their homeland. There was a guy named Zerubbabel, try that for hooked on phonics, who was heading up this project. And they were starting to work on rebuilding the temple, and they were getting a little opposition from the Samaritans and some of the surrounding neighbors. They were causing a ruckus. Have any of you guys seen the Christmas story? Remember when the dad got that leg lamp? Remember how much ruckus that caused in the neighborhood? Wasn't that crazy? The, the guy was so excited about this leg lamp, you know, and, and like everybody's wondering, why is this guy so crazy excited? Why is he screaming? He caused ruckus. 
The Israelites were causing a ruckus with the Samaritans and the surrounding neighbors. And they didn't want to deal with it anymore, so they decided to quit rebuilding the temple. They decided to quit rebuilding the temple. So God sends a prophet on the scene named Haggai. That's another one from Hooked on Fox. Haggai, everybody say that. Haggai. And we're jumping to chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. The Israelites decided to take a break for 10 years from this building project. And Haggai was sent onto the scene, and this is what he says to the Israelites. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Oh yeah, here's my prop. This is what the Israelites were doing. You play this game, kick the can. I know I'm supposed to do this. This is what God wants me to do. You know, and uh, but I don't want to do it right now. It's too hard. There's too much opposition. It's going to take a lot of courage. I'm just going to keep kicking the can. But eventually, if I focus on that can and I don't look at anything else, I'm going to run in that wall. A lot of people like to kick the can, but they don't focus on what they're supposed to do, and they end up running into a wall. That's what was going to happen to the Israelites if they were going to continue to kick the can. They're like, this is too hard. We're getting too much opposition. I, Lord, I know you want us to do this, but we got our own thing to do. It's more comfortable. A lot of us are like, we'll get more involved in church, but we'll do that later. I got too much going on with work. I got to drive my kids to soccer practice. I got to drive my kids to ballet practice. They're part of the key club. They're part of the chess club. They got to get into a good college. Kick the can. Brick wall. I really want to start coming to church. But, you know, football is on Sundays. Football is awesome. That's when I get together with my buddies. You know, we like to hang out late on Saturday nights. Kick the can. Kick the can. Your time is defined by your priorities. If you battle addictions, you know, you're like, well, you know, I'll overcome drinking here one of these days. I'll overcome drug use one of these days. Kick the can, kick the can, hit the brick wall. You know, I'll take care of my marriage one of these days. It's just too hard right now. It takes too much work. Kick the can, kick the can, brick wall. I remember one time I was struggling with anxiety on a horrible level. I figured out that I had anxiety because I had a panic attack on 28 while I was driving, which is the scariest thing on the planet, may I add. I knew something was wrong with me for a while, but once that happened, I'm like, I need to go get some help. But there was a point where I couldn't drive for a month. I was dramatized by that. And I would consistently make excuses for not getting in that car. This is too hard. This is going to take too much time to get back in the swing of things. I was kicking the can. I was kicking the can. I mean, eventually I got some counseling. Eventually my, my medication kicked in. I could get back into the swing of things. But for a month, I just kept kicking the can. I just kept kicking the can. There's a student in my youth group that I've been working with for almost two years now. 
And I would uh, constantly confront him about getting baptized. And I would constantly confront him about giving his life to the Lord. And he'd be like, God will let me know when the right time is. And usually that means the time is now when kids say that. He was kicking the can, kicking the can, kicking the can, kicking the can. When are you going to quit kicking the can? When are you going to realize that God's time is now? God has work for you right now. You clocked in if you gave your life to the Lord, and you're on company time. It doesn't matter about your own desires. It matters about God's desires. The Israelites forgot this reality when it comes to being on God's company time. First of all, time is limited. Every minute counts, and time has a purpose. Time is limited. Every minute counts, and time has a purpose. The Israelites were just chilling. They're like, we got all the time in the world to do this. You don't know when your last day is. You can walk out here and fall the wrong way and be dead. You don't know when your last day is. James says your life is but a mist. You're just here for a short while. Ecclesiastes says there's a time to be born and a time to die. If we understand that time is limited, we understand that every minute counts. Every minute that the Israelites were wasting time was a minute that they could have been using for God's purposes. They could have been using that time for God's purposes. And when you realize time is limited and you realize every minute counts, you realize your time has a purpose. You're motivated to make every minute count because time is limited when you know time has a purpose. If I take vacation and my vacation spot is like seven hours away, I'm probably going to fly. You know why? I don't want to waste my time driving, especially when i got like a week. I want to get as much as I can get out of vacation time. Because my time is limited there, and I have a purpose to rest. And I'm going to make every minute count. If you ever played sports, the coach is like, you have the same amount of time as the other team. Every minute counts. Every minute is working towards a victory. You can't be like, I want to play basketball about 20 minutes into the game. I'll decide to play soccer 20 minutes into the game. I'll decide to play football 20 minutes in the game. We're the Washington Redskins. No, just joking. Um, you have to remember that time is limited. Every minute counts. Time has a purpose. Time has a purpose. Jesus is our best example of being on God's company time. Because he understood that time was limited and every minute counted and time had a purpose. Jesus only had three years to do ministry. A lot of us have more than 20 years to do ministry. Some of us have even more than that. But imagine, Jesus had only three years to teach disciples, to train disciples, to perform 37 miracles that are recorded in the Gospels. There's probably more. To die on a cross for all of humanity. That's a lot to pack in for three years. A lot of us complain about doing ministry for 20, 30 years. This man had three years. His time was limited. His time was limited. He knew that his time was limited as well. In John 7, 33, he's speaking at uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, I believe. And uh, he's telling the people at the Feast of Tabernacles that his time is limited. He says, I am with you for only a short time, and then I go to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, 
You cannot come. He knew his time was limited. He made every minute count. A big example of that is in uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 48 to 50. Jesus' family was celebrating the Passover feast, and then they were on their way back from Jerusalem, back to their hometown. And they were with a caravan of friends and relatives, and after a long time, Jesus' family realized, hey, Jesus isn't around. So Jesus' parents decided to go back to Jerusalem, and uh, they, they look around for a while, and they finally find Jesus, and they find him in the temple. And Jesus is saying, why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? See, Jesus was making every minute count. Because his time was limited. Because he had a purpose. He knew his purpose was to die on the cross for all humanity. He knew his purpose was to show God in the flesh. Let's follow Jesus. Let's remember that time is limited. Every minute counts. And time has a purpose. There's a story I want to read to you guys. It's from a book called The Leadership Handbook by John C. Maxwell. He talks about a friend of his that was encountering a, a radio talk on a Saturday morning. I was intrigued and stopped to listen to what we had to say. Well, Tom, it sure sounds like you're busy with your job. I'm sure they pay you well, but it's a shame you have to be away from home and your family so much. Hard to believe a young fellow should have to work 60 or 70 hours a week to make ends meet. Too bad you missed your daughter's dance recital. He continued, Let me tell you something, Tom. Something that has helped me keep a good perspective on my own priorities. And that's when he began to explain his theory of a thousand marbles. You see, I sat down one day and did a little arithmetic. The average person lives about 75 years. I know, some live more and some live less, but on average, folks live about 75 years. Now then, I multiplied 75 times 52, and I came up with 3,900, which is the number of Saturdays that the average person has in their entire lifetime. Now stick with me, Tom. I'm getting to the important part. It took me until I was 55 years old to think about all this in any detail, he went on. And by that time, I had lived through over 2,800 Saturdays. I got to thinking that if I lived to be 75, I only had about a thousand of them left to enjoy. So I went to a toy store and bought every single marble they had. I ended up having to visit three toy stores and round up 1,000 marbles. I took them home and put them inside a large, clear plastic container right here, next to my gear. Every Saturday since then, I have taken one marble out and thrown it away. I found that by watching the marbles diminish, I focused more on the really important things in life. There is nothing like watching your time here on this earth run out to help you get your priorities straight. Now let me tell you one last thing before I sign off with you and take my lovely wife out for breakfast. This morning I took the very last marble out of the container. I figure if I make it until next Saturday, then I have been given a little extra time. And the one thing we can use is a little more time. It was nice to meet you, Tom. I hope you spend more time with your family. I hope to meet you again here on the band. You guys have the marble mentality? Do you take every day as a gift from God? Do you understand that you're not guaranteed each day? 
Do you realize that if you're given another day, that's a huge blessing? If you were to take the marbles in your life, would you see those as a blessing? Would you realize that time is limited, every minute counts, and time has a purpose? Would you look to Jesus who realized time was limited and every minute counted and time had a purpose? Some of you haven't even clocked in yet to work for the Lord. Time is limited, guys. You don't know when your last day is. The time is now to give your life to the Lord. Because we have a Lord and Savior that came to this earth, humbled himself as a human, died a painful death for this messy world because he knew time was limited and every minute counted, time had a purpose. Do not pass up this opportunity. I don't want anybody to die eternally with such a painful death. Jesus went through so much because of his limited time to make sure we all had an opportunity to spend time with him. Some of you guys have clocked in, but you're kicking the can with your spiritual life. You know, I'll get a spiritual life next week. I'll get a spiritual life, you know, two years down the road. I'll get involved in church two years down the road. I'll go in a leadership position two or three years down the road. You might hit a brick wall, ladies and gentlemen, if you keep having that mentality. You don't know when your last day is. You have a purpose to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Each day counts. I want our elders and deacons to get up and go around the room. If some of you guys feel convicted to first clock in or secondly, quit kicking the can, please talk to one of our elders or deacons. They would love to pray with you as we play this next song. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have the band come up. Dear Heavenly Father, it's just a huge privilege to preach your word. and Help us to realize that time is sacred. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Help us to make each minute count. Help us to look to Jesus who knew that his time was limited. He made every minute count so that our minutes could count. So that we could have a purpose of loving God wholeheartedly. I pray that you would stir hearts in this room to A, give the lives of Jesus or to B, quit kicking the can. We can't afford to kick the can. We can't afford to live a life that's empty. To live a life that has no purpose. We can't neglect the temple. We can't stay in our own paneled houses. Because your son did so much for us. We honor you, Father. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Everybody stand, please.